1: All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six 780 three four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Those are the numbers you can send us a text. Uh, give us a call if you want. Um, you know, frankly, I have absolutely no idea why anybody would want to be in politics these days. Uh, to call it a hostile environment would be, well, it would be a it'd be a gross understatement, is what it would be. Uh, it is straight up toxic. Um, and if you're a woman, well, then it just goes up several levels. It's beyond anything that anyone should consider remotely acceptable in a civilized society. Mike Tyson famously said that uh, social media has made a lot of people really comfortable saying things to people that, used to get them punched in the mouth. And and there's far too many people out there that are more than willing to use that to their full advantage. And, you know, I mean, back in the day when it used to be a thing, I'd read you some of the texts that we get here. um, And, you know, sometimes other journalists and politicians and celebrities will post uh, some of the absolutely vile things that get sent to them. Anybody in public life, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's part for the course now. It's It comes with the territory, sadly. Not excusing it, not saying it's okay. It's, it's horrible. But as I said, um, having worked with a number of women in public life, I know <laughs> what they get compared to what I get is night and day. And I know in speaking with female politicians in the past, it is absolutely horrible. If you take a look at what our community, our society is like right now, when it comes to politics, it's toxic, right? I mean, if, 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 if the guy is wearing a different t-shirt than you wear, um, it's full, they're the enemy. And and for some people it's seek and destroy. And, um, so that just happens as a natural course of the way politics is handled right now. And when gender comes into it, it, it gets to another area that really and truly is awful. So, um, in the end, we all suffer, right? Because good people just take a look at this environment and say, "I want nothing to do with this. Absolutely nothing." So there's a lot of really good men, and more so, I would say, women who just say, "Forget it. I don't. I don't need to invite that into my life. It's crazy." And we lose out because some people who might be really good for us, I'm um, just say, "Yeah, sorry. I don't want to be part of that." So. Um, There's been some work done around this, and we're going to chat with one of the people behind that work. Dr. Heidi Torek is a Canada Research Chair and an Associate Professor in International History and Public Policy at the University of British Columbia. She joins us now. Uh, Dr. Torek, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us.
0: Thanks so much for having me,
1: Shay. You know, I think it's definitely a situation where we see people just deciding they don't want to get involved. But I think, you know, in in Canada, we have this opinion. Well, just that that can't be true. Take a look at all the female politicians that we have. And we have some. But um, when when you stack up the numbers and you've done this, so what does your work show in terms of how far down that road we've gone and how much farther we need to go?
0: Yeah, so it shows us that in the federal elections of 2019 and in 2021, we did have record numbers of women entering into parliament. So that sounds great. But then when we look at the actual numbers, what we see is it went up from 98 to 103 women. So now we're at only 30.5 percent of uh, MPs in parliament are currently women. And if we look at that in a global ranking, yeah. Canada ranks 59th in the world in terms of the percentage of, of women. So below Cameroon, Chile, Spain and Senegal, just to name uh, four other countries. So there's really a long way to go.
1: And we know there's a number of barriers, right? There's a number of reasons that we have uh, underrepresentation representation of women in politics. And some of it isn't social media, but some of it is. Yes, there are all sorts
0: of researchers, of course, who are looking into this, and they show there are, there are multiple reasons why women don't go into politics or why when they run, they, they don't win. So one is uh, women perhaps getting put into less winnable ridings, and other is things like parental leave yep. policies or difficulties in commuting. But then the area that I've obviously looked at is really trying to pin down what is the role of online abuse and harassment on social media that might be preventing women from entering into politics, from winning or from wanting to stay in politics? Even
1: well? get, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you did this around the 2019 election, studying the uh, well, what all politicians, not just women, are exposed to. Just tell us about what you found out, uh, you know, sort of in the broader scheme of things, the bigger picture, and then we'll drill down on it after that. But in terms of what you saw during the 2019 campaign, what did you see?
0: Yeah. So what we wanted to do was rather than just focusing on a couple of candidates, we decided to look at every single person who was a political candidate from any party in the election. And we used um, something called a fire host where we took down every tweet that was directed at anybody who was a political candidate. And then we developed a model to classify whether those tweets were positive. So praising, uh, neutral, Discussing policies could be robust, but discussing policies and then low, medium or high negativity, which meant attacking somebody's identity. So that was really important. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. To us to say, robust political discussion is when we debate issues. When we get into negativity is when we're attacking the person because of their identity and and perhaps no surprise given your introduction, um, only 7% of the the million tweets that, that we had were actually positive. Um, there were obviously some that, that were neutral, but 40 percent of them were negative in some way. And 16 percent of them were highly negative, which means very abusive. We think things like death threats, rape threats, et cetera. So um, over double the number were highly abusive than were positive.
1: When you spoke with the people who were receiving these threats and some of their reaction, what did they have to say? Did it make them reconsider, you know, being part of it? Did some people just say, you know what, I, I don't need this?
0: Yeah, so that's the other thing that we did in our research was um, not just to look at the tweets, but also to really speak to people because sometimes numbers don't tell you how people react to them, what they feel and what their plans are afterwards. So we spoke to both people who were... Um, candidates, current politicians, and also their staff, which told us a great deal as well, because often staff are young people who are thinking about becoming maybe MPs in the future. So we found that there were all sorts of ways in which um, women were very discouraged about politics, so ways in which they were abused, um, where they felt that, especially when they spoke out on issues, they got even more abuse, where they worried that certain topics weren't being discussed as much. And we saw staffers as well who'd originally thought about going into politics, seeing the sort of abuse that was heaped on the person they were working for, then saying, you know what, (laughs) this might not be for me. And that's really worrying in terms of the, the pipeline and trying to get to a place where we have politicians who represent the diversity of the Canadian population.
1: Um, how can we fix this? Can we fix this?
0: I think there's a whole host of things that, that we can do. There is no, unfortunately, silver bullet. But one of the first things we can do is pay attention to this kind of research. It's not anecdotal. As I said, it's, it's based on all of the political candidates of the the 2019 elections. That's the first thing. We've got the solid research basis to say when one politician says it's happening, it's actually not anecdotal. It really is something that that we're seeing more broadly on social media. And then we need to get a whole suite of of solutions going at the same time. Uh, One is, is, of course, unfortunately, preparing political candidates, making sure before they even go out on the campaign trail, they know this is a possibility. They've got their policies in place. Second, that they're backed by their political party as well. You need resources uh, to be able to deal with some of the horrific situations that happen online. Thirdly, individual users. You know, we, we also have power over what we post, what we retweet, taking a pause, it turns out, other research tells us, very important in terms of ensuring that we just don't dump on someone without thinking. And then, of course, there are the social media platforms themselves, whose algorithms are really designed for engagement, right? They don't care whether that engagement is anger, fear, happiness, etc. What they want is engagement. And if anger and hatred is what's driving engagement they're going to encourage that and so what we need is also online regulation that gets us more transparency from platforms to understand what's happening more responsiveness when we have terrible things that are um, akin to rape threats death threats we see this happening social media platforms don't respond fast enough and then obviously in Canada's in many other countries we're thinking about other ways of of regulating platforms to get them to do much broader risk assessments in terms of what's happening online
1: when we talk i mean and i'm I'm sure you're not surprised by this um i'm getting texts from listeners so why are you making this about women everybody gets this yes everybody does get this and i think we've done a pretty good job doc of saying everybody does get this but women get worse and more often i mean you have the stats to back that up i mean it's just a fact
0: Right. And we see one of the the things that that we see is, of course, that that some of this is also correlated with prominence, right? The more prominent you are, the more followers you have, the more pushback you're going to get as well. But the other important thing, I think, is the type of pushback. So that's one of the important things we were distinguishing, right, is that often... Um, What women or other marginalized groups, LGBTQ is is another example, we're often getting attacks that are identity-based, right? So it's not people saying they don't like a policy, maybe using a swear word. We're really talking about things like um, with journalists, for example, there was a survey that was done uh, last year of journalists, which found that female journalists were six times more likely to get threats of rape or sexual assault than male journalists. So these are the sorts of things that, that we know from also other professions as well. It's not that men don't get attacked. We right. obviously found that in our research, but the, the type of attacks, the quality, the effect that they then have in terms of whether people want to keep going with these professions, these are the things that, that we see coming out of this research.
1: Absolutely. Well put. Uh, Dr. Twork. thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us.